You're listening to JRP Daily, where each day, host Justin Phillips will bring you a new topic surrounding entrepreneurship, marketing, and business. You'll also get exclusive interviews from our guests who have all found a way to turn doing what they love into their career. Stay tuned for all of that and more on JRP Daily. So what's up, my dudes, my my JRP Daily listeners, all like three of you. Uh, I've got Eric and I've got Noah here. We've been talking for like apparently 40 minutes uh, before we even started doing this. So what's up? Let's start with Eric. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to 100 episodes of JRP Daily. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully if this comes out at the right time, this is episode 100, as long as I don't screw anything up in the process. What's going on, Noah? Who we can't What's up, see? boy? Guys, if you're not already following all of us on Instagram, please do that. Um, hopefully, you should be following me. But uh, Eric J. Rebello over, over over yonder, and uh, Noah, who you can see is uh, at Finance and Freedom on on the uh, Instagram. That's what we're talking about. I almost said YouTube because you guys were talking about YouTube a lot. Actually, yeah, I don't care if you follow me on Instagram or not. Follow me on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Find Eric Rebello. That is YouTube.com/slash Eric Rebello. Rebello is spelled R-E-B-E-L-O. There I got we go. that down pat by now. He's actually got some good stuff, and yeah, I watched that. I watched that whole CPA video that you did, dude. Like I, yeah, like I mean, not to like humble brag, but like I do got some pretty good stuff on there. Like I, yeah. I try to come up with a new, like I have a list of video topics that like you know people haven't really gone into in like the smaller entrepreneur space. I don't think so. I'm trying to make a lot That's of a very undertapped niche. I think it is. So no, what's been going on with you lately? Well, man, then figuring out how we're going to expand finance and freedom via Facebook pages, uh, YouTube, websites. Websites are going to cost a little bit of cash, so i got to um, save up strategically for that. But, Wait, uh, say that one more time. Sorry, I didn't hear it. Oh, I've been saving up strategically for website development and stuff like that. And Why don't you just do it uh, on Squarespace? Because um, I want to – because a lot of the stuff I'm doing is like – it's kind of like highly – it's like never, never been done. It's like unique to me. So it's like customizable. And so I'm working with one of my tech friends, um, who's extremely, extremely good with website development. Um, he's done projects for like me, like pretty big companies. And, um, he's throwing me a deal and he's just, he would put together something that's really, really special. And so I'm willing to dish out and, you know, some extra cash, um, to do that. So, but that, that's something that's a project that's going to take probably a, a couple months. Be honest with you. Sounds. But yeah, that's what's happening on my end, man. That is what's happening on your end, Eric. How much is Squarespace? I've been seeing a lot more Squarespace lately, as opposed to like Wix and GoDaddy and. Yeah, dude, Squarespace is legit. It's twenty six bucks a month if you do the monthly plan. If you do annual, I think it's a little bit less. Um, but like, I use Squarespace for like everything that I do, and it's super legit. Like, I mean, I just think of it like this: like, you don't need to necessarily have everything built into your main website. Like if you want like my website for my personal brand, ericabello.com. If I had ericabello.com as my main hub website, and then I, I wanted to sell stuff through my website, then what I would do is I would just open up GoDaddy and tell GoDaddy the, like the domain to forward to either a Shopify store or Teachable or ClickFunnels and make it shop.ericabello.com, make it a whole separate website where I do e-commerce through there. So I don't like people for some reason think you have to build everything into the website and I don't necessarily agree, but I see where that could be helpful. But like, 
I don't know, like Squarespace is just super legit for me because I used to do like word, like basic WordPress development and stuff like that. But um, I switched over to Squarespace because it's just way less clunky, easier to deal with, and it's just better in my opinion. Yeah, I'll have so to look you, you funnel people onto other like landing pages and stuff to, to make sales or for other things. I mean, thinking. you can do e-commerce through Squarespace. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, it's, you, you technically can, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't think it's, it's a little bit limited of a platform. So I'd rather have shop.ericabella.com or training.ericabella.com that goes to a teachable page or that goes to a Shopify store or ClickFunnels landing page. And then that's where all my e-commerce can be done rather than having to custom build a WordPress site where it's all in one, where lots of things can break. It's kind of clunky. You have to spend a lot of extra money. Oh, wow. I'm on your site. What do you use your, your website for? If that question makes sense. I feel like that has some obvious answers, but as someone that's growing a personal brand or just trying to gain a following, what do you put on your website? Uh, yeah, so my tabs, I have an about section that it completely explains everything about me. Uh, and then it has, uh, links to articles that I've been featured in. I have a community tab where if they click it, they go to my Facebook group. Um, I have a podcast tab where obviously that goes my podcast. I have a resources page that goes to all my affiliate links. And then I have a consulting page where someone can fill out a form and uh, get in contact with me. Awesome. What do you have your podcast like embedded into your, uh, no, I just, when they click on the podcast link, it it just forwards to anchor. It just goes right to anchor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can do that, but that could, I don't know. I can see where that might be a pain for people that aren't familiar with anchor don't have anchor and it would be easier if they could just either listen to it there or go straight. Well, I mean, the thing is anchor is, is a landing page kind of where it's like you go there and then whatever platform they're on, it'll say, listen to Apple podcasts or listen on Google podcasts, depending on what they're on. So I'm kind of like, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm kind of the person where I don't really need to make it easy for people. If they really want to listen to my stuff, they can, if they yeah. can't figure it out, then they're not my target audience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I feel that. Yeah. But oh, um, dude, this is a sick site. Thank but, you very much. Oh, <laughs> I was like, but no, you've been, you, you asked me about podcasting yesterday. You, you starting one up soon or you? you yeah, dude. To- um, because of um, I see myself as a pretty am- animated guy. I think I would do pretty pretty well on a, on a pod on a podcast. But it would really be talking about like you know, finance, uh, entrepreneurship, yeah. uh, investing because uh, I'm an investor myself. So I love talking about investing and stuff like that. Edu- more educational realm. I'm obviously not giving people investing advice. I'm not. Yeah, uh, you can't. Yeah, do that. But um, and also talking about even even college and internships because a lot of people have asked me how how I got my internship. Um, and yeah, they're corporate nine to fives, but I think people give nine to fives too much of a bad rap because especially when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, uh, you need income coming in regardless. And you're going to be making sales. You're going to be trying to make sales as an entrepreneur, but you need that side income or, or you need that nine to five income. You need to squeeze that as much as possible, um, to really leverage your, your side business to your side hustle. And I think meet Kevin from, uh, on YouTube, who I've talked to several times over, over DMs on Instagram. He, he really talks about this a lot and I couldn't agree more. Like squeezing your nine to five for all the income, all the steady income it could be and pushing it into something that you really love. And then when you're ready, you can eventually branch off, you know, that's the type of stuff we talk about. Well, I mean, I also think that like not everyone needs to start their own business. <laughs> you know, oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I mean, if you like it, it's crazy to me where people are like, everyone needs to have their own business. Yeah. And I'm like, then no one's going to have employees. Like, what do you, you Who know, says that. 
I don't know anyone that actually says well, that. Well, I think the worry is is that people are worried that they're going to fall behind if they're not entrepreneurs or they're not going to like make a lot of money, and that's hardly the case. You can you can make a lot of money not as an entrepreneur, and, and I guarantee you, you won't be as stressed. Um, entrepreneurship is just a unique thing. It's just it's a different breed of people that just they they really want to live life that way. The funny and, thing is, is oh sorry, not to interrupt. Go, go, ahead, go ahead, Eric. I was about to say, like, you're not going to make a lot of money as an employee if you're a customer service rep. Like, if you don't bring right. value to the business in the way of revenue or sales or some like awareness, like whatever it is, if you're not bringing money to the business, you're probably not going to make a lot of money. Like, why would you know uh, a big company pay you like millions of dollars if you're a nine to five employee or you know salaried employee or whatever? If all you do is just like you know answer customer support things, it's like yes, that's great, but it doesn't necessarily make money. So. People have a lot of weird notions when it comes to business and finance and all that type so of stuff. Damn so, weird. <laughs> yes. so damn true. So damn true. Absolutely you, do. And I actually did my episode of this. I don't know. These these are all out of whack on the timeline right now. But yesterday, at the time that we're talking about this, but at the time that it's actually released, it was like a week ago. But I did an episode on uh, this whole concept of human capital, which we've been talking about a lot in one of my classes in an organizational behavior class. And I think that's that's a kind of a better way to put it for some people to understand it, is the uh, just using the term human capital and kind of understanding how humans are an asset to a business and how they it shows and their paycheck reflects that, you know, and that's why you know the CFO of a company gets paid a hell of a lot more than the customer support, for example. So it's always a good thing to to understand. Well, and, and that's what you know, what Eric was saying is if you bring value to a business, you know, if, if you're like, if you really, if you bring in a ton of sales, you're an excellent salesperson, you're great at business development, or say like you're on the, the internet e-commerce side for a business and you're great at SEO, um, mm-hmm. generating leads and all that stuff, like, like Eric is himself, then the business is going to pay you more. And I can guarantee you, you can become wealthy. Um, if you're saving your money right, if you're you're living below your means and you're you're getting what's absolutely necessary to, to live, you can become you can become wealthy. You don't have to, to be an entrepreneur to become financially free. It just depends on the lifestyle that you want to live. Um, now, is entrepreneurship maybe the quickest way to becoming very rich? Yes, but it's also the quickest way to become very poor. Uh, so yeah, it just point. depends on the route you want to go. That's true. What do you guys uh, think on a point that I brought up in a different episode about the human capital? It's kind of how do you see a shift happening? Because I think there's kind of a shift happening where we're seeing more B2B type of business just happening as opposed to people actually hiring for all these jobs. But when it comes in, because all three of us have probably seen like 2 million social media marketing agencies and mm-hmm. all things of this. I mean, that's what Eric does. And he does like one of the real ones, but like, um, you know, you see all this. So do you think the demand just to have a marketing team in your business ever goes away when you can just do work with other marketing businesses instead of paying people salaries? No, it's a compliment. So like some of the clients that I work with have a marketing team, like full fledged, but I know how to do things better than some of those people. So you know, like I come in and I do what I'm supposed to do. And then the marketing team basically coordinates with me on just keeping tabs on like what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm cool with that. And then, uh, you know, they do their thing. Like 
there's one client that I had where they more focus on kind of the old traditional marketing stuff of like brochures and things like that. And I'm like, you know, that's great. Um, but for me, I'm focusing on more Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads for them, and they're getting money, you know, and clients from that. Um, so it, it's when you're a smaller company, like I also do have clients that don't have a marketing team and I am their marketing team, you right. know, like completely. Um, so it's like, you know, if you're a smaller business, I don't think you really need a marketing team. You can outsource it, uh, to someone that knows what they're doing. Plus, this is something that I say in my client meetings for people that don't understand that. And anybody that does want to do social media marketing or any service-based business really can um, talk about this where you can either hire, like this is just for America too. You can, you can either hire someone on as a W-2 employee. You have to pay them, you have to have, like pay payroll taxes. You have to sometimes have benefits. You have all these like costs that are associated with that. Um, and you have to pay them a salary and stuff like that. Um, that's like pretty reasonable. When it comes to a contractor, that you're not paying them really hourly and stuff. Like the best way to do it is a monthly retainer, where as many hours as you work, like this, you know, just yeah. get the job done, and then you don't have to pay, you know, payroll taxes. You don't have to do W two. You just do 1099, and then uh, it's just a lot better for both parties because I can do what I want with my time. I don't have to spend exactly 30 hours a week on this particular mm -hmm. thing. It's like if it takes two minutes, it takes two minutes. If it takes 17 hours, it takes 17 hours. But it's just like it, it, again, it's all based on value. Like people, people with the like whole nine to five mindset put so much value on their time. And you've heard all these bigger entrepreneurs talk about it where it's like, it doesn't matter the amount of hours you're doing. Like I would rather pay someone a thousand dollars to get something done in five minutes than pay $500 to get it done in like a week or like a month. Like it's like, you know, the faster, the, the more efficient and better results you can provide, like the more money you get. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. And, um, yeah, as far as good as, I mean, I think that kind of circled back to where I started was j just to be clear, you're saying it, it, you think it's more efficient for businesses to reach out to agencies like yours or like whatever, if they need accounting, go to an accounting firm, stuff like that. You think it's better for businesses to work more efficient for businesses to work with other businesses than kind of keep trying to hire people to do the work for them. So yeah, it, it depends on their needs too, though, because I don't think that you should a hundred percent always rely on like a, an agency to do whatever, because gotcha. you know, those people still aren't part of your company and they also have a different culture. So I, I'm very big on culture too, where it's like, if your company culture is very tight knit and like very efficient and all of a sudden you get this agency that's kind of just more like doing whatever they want, it's more loose then you know, that's not, that's going to collide. So I think, I think the like for businesses that are more like medium businesses, you should have a uh, marketing department, right? That kind of handles general stuff and then outsource specific niche uh, or specialized tasks to certain agencies, right? So, you know, the marketing team that I work with, they do very general stuff and what they outsource is my specific skills for Google ads, LinkedIn ads, Facebook, you know, all that type of stuff. So, cause that's not their strong suit. So I think right. that's like the best model. Absolutely. With, um, so then what is, what is their, like you said brochures, but can you elaborate a little bit more in depth on what their, your clients, the big one, their, uh, marketing team's kind of job is outside of that or what they do outside of that. Cause the other thing is, is that, you know, we're kind of shifting into this world where mobile is just becoming more and more popular by the minute mobile ads. I mean by that, you know, where more people are trying to actually get onto that now cause that's where all the attention is now. Mm -hmm. So, 
speak on that. Do they still need yeah. these old timey marketers kind of hanging around there? Business. Well, I would like, so I'm like, uh, yeah, so the, this company, basically their marketing team is like, they, they call them more like marketing coordinators where they, they also have other people that do work for them other than me. Um, I have, I handle their paid advertising and things like that, but then they also, I think are going to get people soon if they don't have it already to write blog articles for them, because that's something like I told them, I was like, I don't really do that because it doesn't provide as much results as people think it does paid advertising is kind of where you get the best results the quickest and they had the money to do it for sure. So, um, I was like, I don't really want to do blog articles because I don't think it's going to give you guys that much results. Like I could have like got that business from them for an extra X amount of money per month, but I was like, I don't think it's worth it for you to do. Then they decided later, well, we still do want to do blog articles just cause like we can. And I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, that's not going to be me, but this, uh, marketing team, yeah, they do like brochures and they handle, um, you know, maybe some like sending things to clients. Like they, it's their, uh, their process is more, um, what do you call it? It's like a long-term sales cycle. So it usually takes like months for them to actually like close a customer, um, okay. just from like directly meeting them. It's like very big right. corporations and stuff. And, uh, what happens is they need to kind of like court them in a way, right. Where they can send them gifts so they can send them brochures. They'll, you know, market to them in other ways or whatever. I'm not honestly a hundred percent sure of everything they do, but I know it's more general. Like you just kind of like, you know, like they they don't really have necessarily specific things. Like they oversee design as well for like brochures and like logos and different things for their products. Um, which I also help with that as well. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there where they, they're more general. I'm more specialized. That's kind of just what, how, how it goes there. Awesome. Noah, do you have words up there? I feel like I cut you off like three times now. <laughs> um, no, Gabe is right because a lot, I mean, like the marketing teams within companies, like, I mean, specifically within Domino's, for example, because I can relate this story to it. Domino's, had a very large marketing department because they're very innovative when it comes to their marketing. That's and if Eric, I mean, Eric, you'd probably agree if like um, you had um, sat down and watched some of their ads and stuff, you know, and they're more traditional ads, but now they're spreading out and they have hired in a lot of specialists for social media ads uh, and advertisements in that realm and other realms because the old traditional marketing department just doesn't have the skill set for that. They don't, they don't get it, I guess. They don't. They don't really understand, and and perhaps they can learn over the years. But you know, people like you, Eric, that are brought in for the specialties. I mean, that's where the value is, um, especially since the the marketing space and social media and getting your message out to, to generate leads and to generate sales is so it it, ch it changes so much. Like it's it's very hard to stay relevant. So people like you, like, are brought in to do that. Are, are brought in to stay relevant and keep them relevant. You know. Mm -hmm. Totally true. Now, what are you doing right now outside of the uh, outside of the Instagram verse? Just like going to school and uh, so doing school. To be honest, I haven't really paid much attention to school because I'm just on cruise control. So I graduate this May, um, and my GPA just really gives me a lot of buffer. I have like a four point zero, so I don't really have to worry about mm -hmm. <laughs> school so, right now. Um, um, and then I work part time, and then I'm all I'm always looking for for new investments in terms of um, uh, dividend stocks and stuff like that because I love right. love that realm. And right. then uh, I've also been studying real estate a bit more. 
uh, especially meet Kevin, not really Grant Cardone that much, but uh, more meet Kevin because he's more like single family homes and uh, um, seeing like maybe a couple units here and there, but like rental properties and stuff like that. Cause I'm really interested in stuff like that and to find a real estate mentor to do that. Oh my God. Cause real estate is like the end game for me. <laughs> like the, the asset value itself is one, probably one of the quickest ways to become, you know, a millionaire at a young age. Yeah. Yeah, real estate. That's a big game. Just all the way around. Very hard game though. Big <laughs> very tough and uh big big costs, big difficulties, big big everything. <laughs> big returns, big risks. You know, so that whole nine yards. So no, what are your plans for this? Uh well you kind of I don't know. I don't even know if we were recording when we talked about the podcast. I think we were. But um I wanna know more about that because that's kind of where my interest lies, or else we wouldn't be doing this right now. And, um, yeah, like, like more logistical terms, like weekly, monthly, are you going to oh, monthly, okay. weekly, daily? I should say most people don't do a monthly podcast. That'd be kind of weird, but, um, I do a monthly yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really. I kind of just do it whenever, like I only had like <laughs> technically my podcast only has like seven episodes right now. Yeah. So I wouldn't I'm say I'm the most to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Seven that. is better than zero though. Yeah, but the the thing is, like, we made sure. So each of those episodes, like, oh, you, yeah. Justin knows, is super long. So we talk about a bunch of different stuff in there. And by the time we got to episode seven, we're like, oh my god, we've talked about pretty much everything. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> well, not really everything. There's still topics we have, but like, there's a lot of information packed into just those seven episodes. So it's it's kind of just like, whenever we feel like doing it, like I'll do that. But I think like. I think eventually I'll kind of do what a lot of people are doing is just rip the audio from a lot of my YouTube videos from, and yeah. to a podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I do. Yeah. So I think I'm going to switch over to that probably in the next like couple months, but yeah, I mean, so, uh, Noah, like your podcast is going to be about entrepreneurship and finance. Um, I guess what are some topics you're going to talk about or like, you know, get, like Justin, I guess is probably looking for more details on, you know, who's that podcast specifically going to be for? You know? Absolutely. So uh, I would say um, mindership or, or excuse me, entrepreneurship would be like a minor part because although, I don't know, you could consider my page kind of business, you know, kind of a business. You could kind of consider me an entrepreneur. Um, but I'm probably, I'm more like a hybrid entrepreneur uh, because I work a part-time job. I'll be working a nine to five probably for a, a, a little while because I like that income. I like that money and I'm not, I'm not a materialistic guy, so I can I can quickly build my wealth because I'm very disciplined. So becoming an entrepreneur isn't necessarily like what I'm about. I'm about financial freedom, and that's what the podcast is going to be about. Now, will I pursue entrepreneurship, or am I kind of pursuing it right now? Yeah, of course, but I don't know to what extent that will be. Like, if I'm going to own my own online stores or anything, but pretty much on the on the podcast, we're going to talk about. Uh, pretty much every step that anyone can take to reach financial freedom and, and all the things that come with it. So we're going to talk about personal finance, whether you should be budgeting or not. And I mean, I think the, the answer there is obvious how you can budget the type of programs you can use um, online articles and online resources that you have open to you um, exactly how much you should be spending in each category of your life um, based on where you live and stuff like that. Um, we're going to be talking about, more like uh, psychology and behind like keeping up with the Joneses consumerism and why that's just so like, that's why it's killing your wealth. I'm um, talking about investing like all the different types of invest uh, investments you can get into 
know, whether it be dividend stocks, which is more my realm, or real estate, which I have specialists come on for on the podcast for that, or even e-commerce. Um, you can invest in e-commerce stores and stuff like that. Um, so talking more about stuff in that realm and how people can save up and eventually, you know, either retire early or just become financially free and work and live on their own terms. Got okay, it. Cool. Cool. You keep saying, uh, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. Is we meaning you and like, are you going to do this mostly interview based? Are you going to do this on your own? Is there um, another, another so soul involved? Definitely, definitely probably a good, a good mix of, of that. I don't, I can't really say for now because that's still something that's in the works and will pro- probably won't be coming here for the next couple of months, but because I really need to figure it out. But right. yeah, yeah, for sure. It'd be a, a good mix of those. I mean, it sounds like you're connected to a lot of people on Instagram that have like bigger pages and stuff. So I think you should bring a lot of those people on for, for, oh, yeah. oh, for sure. I plan and I'm very fortunate. Well, I'll just tell you guys straight up right now. Um, I plan on doing a dual IG live actually this February with meet Kevin who has, uh, I think 90,000 subscribers right now on YouTube. He's a real, he's a, I think a real estate millionaire at the age of 26. Um, really awesome real estate channel that I think is extremely underrated. And, and personally, I'm not afraid to say this, but I like him more than, uh, than Grant Cardone. Um, because he's just a very knowledgeable guy and he, he's an everyday guy. He's an everyday guy. Um, just like, you know, any of us and, he really speaks to the common person that, that wants to get into real estate, whether they want to own one, one property or a hundred properties. And so I reached out to him via Instagram and you know, he connected he's a super cool guy. Uh, and I, I didn't expect anything less to be honest, cause he's just such an animated guy. And so, um, we, we've been corresponding through email and stuff. We're trying to figure out a date and a time, but yeah, we're going to do a dual IG live. He's super psyched about it. And so, I am as well. And that's the type of thing, you know, those are the type of people I want to reach out to. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I'd love to have the Gary V's, the Cardones, you know, those type of people on my, on a podcast. Um, I think the, the real under un, untapped market is the everyday, the silent millionaires, the people who aren't that famous, who aren't as well known, who, but are still millionaires, you know? So I think that's kind of a realm that I'm going to go to, but the specialists as well, the specialists that really know their stuff. Cause I'm not going to, talk about real estate when I don't know as much about it as meet Kevin does, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and the only thing I can say to that too, for you or Eric or myself or anyone that has a podcast, which is everyone and their sister now is uh, anyone that you want to have on that show, ask them. Like if they're on Instagram, send them a DM, ask them. It will kind of surprise you who will say yes. And it won't really surprise you so much when they say no, when you're asking like Oprah, but uh, just ask them anyway, because the worst they can do is say no. And I've got, I'm still not going to name who it is because it'll still be after this episode. But uh, basically I've got one of the co-hosts of pretty much the most popular business podcast out there coming on here soon. And that's freaking awesome. Man. I'll be, I'll because, awesome. Yeah. Because I just found him on Instagram. I reached out. I was like, yeah, Yo, you want to do this? And they said, yeah. And I was like, sweet. And I've got more to come. I've got, you know, I've got like medium guys coming on here a lot too. Uh, later on this month, I should be having uh, Nick from Business Driven Dream on here. And oh, that would be a good one. Nick is Nick is something else, man. He's a he's a very good guy. We've become I think we've become fairly close ever since yeah. we started working together on Instagram a couple months ago. Very good guy. Um, yeah, he is definitely a he's a trailblazer himself. Um, yeah. So I look up to a lot of things that he does. 
and uh, we work well together pretty much on a daily basis. Very, very good guy. That'd be a very cool interview to, to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of that. And mostly what I'm going for with my interviews now is um, the theme is basically people that their career is in their passion or their passion is in their career is uh, basically the way of going. So I have reached out, haven't really landed any yet, but I've been reaching out to like popular artists, popular mus- musical artists, popular just anything I can find, you know, I, I just go and I look up these niches and I'm going to try to get barbers and teachers and pilots and whatever industry I can think of. I, where I go to school here, this is like one of the hot, this is like the hub for pilots to go to because like it's here or Florida basically. So people that live not in Florida tend to go here. And uh, so uh, uh, we have all these aviation majors at the school and they are so crazy about planes. It, would drive you absolutely freaking insane when they're sitting there and they, they don't understand that none of us know what we're, what they're talking about. And they're talking about their 747s and their Huchimawachits and their, I don't even know what. And, um, but uh, I it's a good person. I could, I could point to for that. Yeah. Yep. I have a friend that's actually um, becoming a pilot and yeah. actually, I think it actually has his, his pilot's license. So, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, I talk to them a lot about it and I could just go on forever. Cause a lot of them, I mean, obviously there's different levels of that pilot license and I still don't fully understand it, but like a handful of kids here have a pilot's license to where they could go to like, you know, they go to the local airport and they can just rent a plane and fly down to Virginia and fly back like whenever they want to. And that's really weird to think about, but apparently that's how it works. At least according to them, it's not cheap at all. I want to talk about expensive. The school costs like $33,000 a year for tuition. And then when they live here and they're trying to get flying lessons and airtime on top of all of that, I don't know where that money's coming from, but good for them as far as I'm concerned. Eric, you ever thought about being a pilot? <laughs> no, never thought of that because <laughs> like, I don't know, like, I mean, I'm about to leave on a flight for, you know, this trip in a couple hours. And like, I've kind of figured out that like, I'm not a huge travel person. Like I like the, I like the views and like, you know, the, the cultures and things like that. But like, it's, it's too different for me. Like I'm a more of a routine oriented person. So if I want to, if I'm going to travel, like I want, uh, there, there shouldn't really be a schedule or anything like that. And it should be like very just relaxed. And that's kind of how I like to do it. Um, can we talk about two things, which is practical tips for a podcast on how to grow it. And then also, um, fake entrepreneurs. <laughs> Cause yeah, we can talk about like, fake so, entrepreneurs for a while. Let me tell so you. So Justin, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to put one of your followers on blast. I'm not going to say their name, but like, mm-hmm. so after, uh, after our episode, one of them, one of your followers hit me up and was like, um, you know, like, can you give me a shout out? Like kind of like, at, like out of nowhere. I think and I know like, exactly who it was. Yeah. And then, uh, this is me. Cause I want to know. Yeah. And then was like, you know, um, yeah. Like, can you give me a shout out? And then also like, I want to win Justin's giveaway or whatever. Can you, I know exactly who it was? Yeah. And I was like, watch the episode, bro. Like, don't ask me for the answer. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, yeah. And then he kept asking for the shout out like over and over again. And I'm just like, and then I finally just told them, I was like, I don't do shout outs on my page. Like if you look at my page, it's kind of just me. Like, like, I don't do, you know? And then, um, and then the part that like really kind of angered me 
in a way, which I mean, I understand because like I, I learned more about the person. I was like, okay, like you're not trying to like not be of integrity or anything like that, but like you're just not going about it the right way. They were talking about how they're giving like advice basically on stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I won't go into anything, but they were giving advice. But then when I asked them questions, I kind of found out that they're not qualified to give advice. So I was like, why are you giving advice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, they were just like, oh, I'm just trying to help people and stuff. I'm like, all right, but you know, I, I don't know. And then, but, but when I don't. <laughs> And then when I asked them about the results, I was like, so what results do you have? Because like, maybe you're not, you like, I don't think you're qualified for whatever reason, but maybe you are. So I was like, what results have you produced to give advice to people about this topic? And they're like, well, I've made this, you know, this amount of money. And I was like, I don't think that's enough money to <laughs> give advice. I gotta know who this is. I gotta know. You'll know. We'll, we'll tell you when we're not recording here but but yeah. uh, but also like I, I understood a little bit more about the person and their situation and stuff like that and i was like okay it doesn't actually seem like they're trying to screw people over or anything like that yeah but at the same time, i'm like That's, you know yeah. it, I, I don't know it was just really weird so there's a lot of people out there like that and i get messages all the time of like you know um you know how do i generate passive income <laughs> and this and blah 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 and I'm just hey like, are you interested in uh, forex and trading binary so options people so many people message me about Forex. Hey, what do you think about Forex or Bitcoin or options trade? I'm like, you guys are jumping, like you guys are jumping the ladder. And like, I don't, I wouldn't even recommend that even if you were experienced. I'm like, you, it's really not complicated. It's like, first of all, get a job, get Where some did, money coming in for God's sakes. Cause like they want like, how can I make money online? I'm like, do you have a job? No, but I want to know how to make money online. I'm like, how do you think how do you <laughs> online when you don't have a job right now? Like, you need money to, to make money online as well. You need to, to build. No. Yeah. Like the worst one that I got was somebody hit me up and they were like from a different country or whatever, which isn't a problem. And then they said, Hey, I want to make $10,000 a month online. Um, if you help me do that, I'll give you $500 per month out of that $10 a month. I was like, <laughs> like, wh like why, like, why would I even want to do that? And they're like, all you have to do is just mentor me to get to the $10,000 a month. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give you some free advice right now. And I don't want any of your money. So I gave it. And then all of a sudden, like a month later, the person's like, that stuff didn't work. And I'm not making $10,000. And I'm just like, oh my God, one like month. I can't help you. One month. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Like I, I, I couldn't believe it. That's the problem is that the, un first of all, the long, the, the mentality is not long-term. They want to make money fast. And second of all, they want to do minimal work. Like Absolutely. people are not, people are so unwilling to work. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, the person literally asked like, cause I said, I'm like, yeah, you need to reach out to this many clients and stuff like that per day or blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, well, if you could just help me, then I'll just give you money out of my 10,000. I was like, I don't want to help you. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're not going to help yourself, that's what I told them. I was like, I'm not going to help you if you're not going to help yourself. So Absolutely. figure it out. And then I gave him a bunch more advice that was really harsh. <laughs> and then I was like, in, I don't want to hear from you until three months from now, minimum. <laughs> like, I've been, I've been getting real sassy with the, with the Forex, Bitcoin, binary options people, because I mean, you guys probably don't know this about me yet quite, unless you've listened to like a lot of my podcasts, that might be the only place it shows through, but I am like painfully sarcastic in real life. And that just, that just comes right out of me with the Forex people. Now I've been starting to post all of them on my story, but um, I wonder if I can find any of them. I think I just delete them right after but I get like two or three a day trying to get me to do this. And they're like, they're like, Oh, you, Oh, I, 
this guy the other day was like trying to poke back at me because usually it'll just be that message. Like, you know, it's usually, Hey, how are you? How's the new year? Do you want to make money trading? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I say no, like nothing else. It's not, no, thank you. It's not this. It's just no or nope. That's what I say. And then, and then I'll, sometimes I'll get hit with like, but I don't think you understand how much you can make doing this. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, Go ahead, you do it. I'll suffer the consequences. And they get, they just get flustered. They're like, no, 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 because I don't know, I don't know what the what the community is there. I don't know where they get their marketing, like education from. If there's some forex binary option trading lord just telling them to like create an Instagram account and spam everybody that they can, and that's how they're gonna make a lot of money in life. I wish my voice would behave today, and um, and they just do that. But, um, and I don't know if it's, if, if it's kind of like an MLM period pyramid thing they have going on too, where they get money if I sign up for whatever they're trying to get me to do, but dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how many people are falling for it or else we wouldn't get those messages every day. It's sickening. (laughs) No, it's sickening. It is sickening. All right. Guys, I really need to pee, but keep talking amongst, amongst yourselves while I go do that. So this is well, yeah, I guess we can talk about practical tips for a podcast before, uh, you know, Justin gets back here. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I mean, I can't really, like, it's not like my podcast is huge or anything like that. So I don't, again, I don't really think I can speak on this, but I do know the strategy to get to a bigger podcast because I've seen a lot of people do it. Um, if you just go ahead and do... Uh, like, you know, weekly podcasts or most likely daily podcasts, and then just search engine optimize all your podcast titles and put them on YouTube. Um, and then run YouTube ads and Instagram ads and Facebook ads to your podcast page. Pretty easy. But as Noah was saying, you need money to make money. So, or, you know, to get like, you know, the results you want. Get so you a job, people, please. Yeah, please get please. a job, <laughs> get a job or something like, unless you already have disposable income. Um, then go ahead and pour money into your podcast because the attention is worth more than the money. Yep. And I'd also like to add, uh, you know, something that has worked for my Instagram has worked or Instagram has worked wonders. And I think it's something that's universal. It's, it's basically my philosophy is, you know, creating good content. First of all, creating awesome content that's unique, that's fresh. Um, and then, engaging with your audience and even if it's just one or two followers my god just go above and beyond to engage with them call them your friend blah 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 um be really nice to them be really kind reach out to them see how they're doing and really build that trust and loyalty uh and then be strategic with who you network and collab with who you interview like is it is it relevant to your podcast is it relevant to your goals and then tying in the you know you know the targeted ads and you know the seo that's going to optimize, you know, the reach of your podcast. I mean, my God, that's, that's huge. But really what I've kept from my Instagram is, and I think a lot of pages still lack on this is that they actually comment and engage with their followers. And I think some do, it's just, they, they, they don't do it the right way. And that's why like my following has been so very loyal. And that's why, you know, I've been growing over a thousand people or excuse me, a thousand followers a day for the past like month and a half or excuse me for the past month because it's just, I'm a real person. I, I show my, show my face all, all the time. 
Um, I, I literally message everyone back. I don't leave anyone hanging unless they're like spammers or unless they're looking for, you know, advertisements and crap like that. But I, I literally answer everyone and I usually send them a video of me just talking and answering their question. And there's literally nothing more powerful than that because if people see the genuine, the genuine person that you are and that you care about them and that you're taking the time to do that, but also being animated, like showing your personality and stuff like that, that's just huge. And I think that it pays dividends um, when you yeah. do that for not only your Instagram page, but you know, a podcast or, or anywhere else on Instagram. And that's why I think Gary V is so popular is because he's so out there and he's so passionate. And so people are just attracted and drooling over the positivity and that energy. And I think Eric, you, you touched on that a bit and, and it's so true. Yeah. So Justin, while you were gone, we basically <laughs> gave the entire game plan on how to build a podcast and like, Oh, I missed it. <laughs> Damn. So you were gone. You don't get to hear it. No, I'm, I'm going to have to learn how to start a podcast myself now. Gosh, darn. <laughs> I actually found, I've been listening to this guy that I actually just hired to do my new intro uh, that has a podcast. Uh, he's known as the pro voice guy and he does a lot of audio editing and voiceovers and stuff like that. But he, he has a podcast just called the Pro Voice Guy Podcast, I'm pretty sure, which is just like an 11-episode podcast on how to start a podcast. And it's a little bit outdated now, but you can still pick up some good things from that if you want to listen to it before starting anything. That's, for, that's not for Eric specifically or Noah specifically, for anybody out there that might want to do it. But, you know, there's good things here and there. It was a little bit before Anchor's time, which I think Anchor just kind of took over and kind of is what made it possible for everyone to have a podcast now that's on everything and feel special about it. But uh, yeah, that's my two cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what so I you basically just said paid ads and then um, right. engaging with your following, like Noah said, and then just being like real and authentic and then just frequency. So either every day or every week, do, yes. do a podcast. And then I also said search engine optimize your titles um, and put them on YouTube. So yes. basically the entire game plan of starting a podcast yeah. right there. You yeah. want to start one that's successful. You just have to be consistent and consistent. not come back to me a month later and say why it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. We're going to go back on that tangent here in a second. I've got, a yeah. I've got, I've got a class coming up that should not be happening. I might just not go to it is just for the record, I know Noah's in Michigan. You're in California, so you don't know what snow is. But um, we've got snow, like, everywhere right now. I just pick up the camera and show you, but in my dorm room, the windows are eight feet off the ground. So I have to, like, stand on my bed and, like, open up the blind and, like, look out the window. Wow, it's, it's like crazy, but, like, <laughs> it is. Well, it's like, don't have windows. <laughs> I'm talking about. It, it, it pretty much, you know, people have come into my room. They've said that, like, you live in the dungeon of the building. And, um... Because I do, I live on the ground floor and campus, our campus is just one big hill. So like the backside, like I look out the window, I'm on the backside and it's like, I look at the window and I just see the ground and mind you, the windows are eight feet off the ground. So that's where the ground level is. I'm like the basement kind of, but also not really because on the front side, you know, the ground is below us because that's how hills work. But on the backside, I'm just kind of buried. So I never know what the weather is. That's a super fun part about it. And I live in northeastern Pennsylvania where the weather's 0% predictable because it was, it was like, I don't know what the temperature was this morning, but even just today alone, like we were getting like some sleet, slushy 
crap last night. And then this morning, it was probably 40 upwards degrees. It was sunny as all could be. Then I went to lunch, and, like, this blizzard came out of nowhere, and now it's back to being sunny again. It's, it is nuts in this part of... Bi- bipolar weather right it now. Is, it is. It is very bipolar weather. We have days where we see, like, four different types of precipitate. We have had days where it has snowed, rained, hailed, and sleeted all in the same day. Like, yeah, it's negative 25 where I'm at right now. Jesus Christ, no. See, I'm in California, so I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Eric isn't into travel, because he's already there. Exactly. Yeah. And we have avocados here, so, like, why leave? <laughs> we have avocados everywhere. I don't know why avocados became such, like, a... They, no, they, like, that's, like, a meme. They, like, everybody I in know. California surfs and eat, eats avocados every day. Like, that's all we do. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm even like a couple hours away from the beach. So it's not like, you know, I'm on the beach every day and doing that whole thing. I'm not going to lie though. I would not want to live in California. Taxes. <laughs> basically, basically for like political reasons. You know, if anybody asked me, no, I'm not specifically like political reasons, not because it's a blue state, but because it's just because of the taxes and because of the government, I'm sure in general is just, a pain over there. The people are a pain. I don't really want to be like anywhere near. I know California is huge. I think but... they're all right. If you're in the, if in like good areas or whatever, like you just got to yeah. go where you got to go. Like, that's why, like, I mean, I don't know. I semi disagree with that. Cause California is so big that it's like, it's kind of hard to categorize, you know, it is. No, that's like, true. But like, like Northern California versus middle California versus Southern California are very <laughs> different. Like they're like, there could be three different States like completely. So they could be. No, you're right about that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to just totally hate on California. Like I totally go there. I'm totally going to come see like a Dodgers game someday and an Angels game and a, and a, and a Ducks game and a Rams game and a, every game that I can think of. You know, they're all over there. I just named like a lot of LA teams and that's exactly where I don't want to be. But, um, you know, I'll definitely be over there at some point in my life, but I couldn't live there. Couldn't live in New York either. Those are like my two. That it's just no, no living here. Noah's in Michigan. Noah's in Flint. Yeah, Flint, that's Michigan. a born raised in Flint, dude. Um, I've probably drank that water several times. Noah's like a gladiator, apparently. I don't know. When life, did is not, life has not been that easy. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it's been cold. So, uh, is it all, I mean, I know it's colder up there because it's northern, but has it always been, you know, negative 25 weather? <laughs> Uh, no, especially well, <laughs> that like exceptional polar vortex or whatever that's been coming down. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, hey, Noah, would you be able to order a Domino's pizza for me? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know what? That's so funny you say that because I had a hundred dollars free credit. Uh, they gave me so. What? Yeah, Yo, get us both a pizza right now. Hey, if you want to help out your audience on Instagram, go ahead and put that as your, uh, you, you got to do a Domino's credit giveaway. Yes. <laughs> How ridiculous would that be? Oh my God. Don't even do Domino's credit. Just get the pizzas delivered to their house. Oh my God. That'd be so oh funny to deliver a pizza to someone's house. You can get all their addresses. Then you can start sending them mail. You can go backwards in the marketing. Start doing direct mail. Oh, that's fun. So interesting question I just thought of because I, I did it the other day. I built out my 10-year plan in the way of like the businesses I want to start and all that type of stuff. And it's like, I've got it down pat where it's pretty legit now. 
what is your guys' 10-year plan for everything you're going to do? Like in a nutshell. Yeah, Noah, he asked you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I can give you kind of a couple-year plan. I don't, I don't think I have a 10-year, but I can give you a couple. Um, first and foremost, graduating from college. So graduating this May, um, that's the plan. Uh, obviously going to happen with where I'm currently standing. Uh, and then complete this this internship I have. And, and I think this really going to decide, you know, whether or what I want to do when I, when I come out of school. Because when I come out of school, my, my goal is to pay off my debt in one year. My 20, I think about 25K will probably be in debt. And it's all federal loans. So I think I'll be okay. Because the interest rates are, are pretty, pretty, pretty reasonable. They're pretty low. But so graduate, internship. Kind of, kind of formulated a plan of what I want to pursue in terms of a career after school. Um, gauge how much money that's really going to drive for me. Continue building, you know, this brand and this, you know, my brand and um, my personal business. And then after that, I had the opportunity to go back to grad school, uh, which would be my fourth year because I'm an, I'm an accelerated student. So I, I, I'm graduating after three years. And my fourth year could be my master's, my MBA year. I could get my MBA. So I may do that, and if not, then I would go immediately into uh, into the where, whatever career I'm thinking of, whether that be Huntington, perhaps they give me a job offer afterwards. If that's the case, uh, start working towards paying off my debt, um, putting money aside for for dividend stocks, and also um, putting together a real estate fund. So um, putting together money into say like a high yield savings account, something like that, or maybe a very defensive investing account, and putting money there for real estate because then I immediately want to get into buying rental properties um, and stuff like that and, and even learning more about real estate prior to that. And then, so this is about two or three years from now, kind of settle down in a, a decent area wherever my work is. Um, you know, make sure I'm living under my means so I'm going to be living pretty, pretty you know, pretty sparse. I'm, I'm not going to really indulge in much except maybe for traveling, because I like to travel. Um, and then by age 25, I want to have $100,000 or more saved up. And hopefully my passive income is, is several thousand dollars a year, whether that means stocks or um, other forms of assets. And then fast forward ahead to age 30, the goal is to be a millionaire, whether that be assets foreign income, I think both would be pretty sick. Uh, and generating passive income from dividend stocks specifically. I don't know, I don't really have much plan for real estate, but dividend stocks, uh, $30,000 a year by age 30. Um, so very, pretty lofty goals to say the least. Very, very lofty goals, but um, nonetheless, I think I, I can actually do it, especially since I'm willing to not only work for just a full-time career, but also side hustle and stuff like that. That will I estimate to generate maybe an extra ten to twenty thousand dollars a year in income. So, how do you feel about Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey? Mm -hmm. Just curious. Some of the stuff he says, I agree with. Some of the stuff he says, I don't. Like a you know a fifteen year fixed rate uh, mortgage, I don't really agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I get paying off your debt as soon as possible, um, but in terms of the amount of interest that you pay. Uh, on a 30 year and the, and the interest rate that you get is it's much, it's much better to do that. And because you're, you're going to be peddling out a ton of money towards the mortgage in, in, in the 15 year term. Um, and then 
he's also a real estate guy. So he was a realtor and he, he was a multimillionaire by mid twenties, I think, or a millionaire by mid twenties, if not late twenties. And then he went bankrupt when, um, the banks called, called on his notes cause they were using some fishy ass, uh, or some fishy ass, uh, loan, loan structure. And then he became a millionaire again. But I think Dave is an okay guy. I don't know him personally, obviously. And I agree with some of the things he says. Agree with I don't agree with some of the things he says. He's pretty pretty into mutual funds, pretty big into mutual funds. I'm not necessarily huge on mutual funds. Um yeah, that's that's pretty much all I had to say about him. I do watch a lot of his videos. All right. Yeah, I don't watch Dave Ramsey, so I was just curious because you're like I know he talks about a lot of that stuff you were just saying though. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't really know anything about that. I'm not a huge like stocks guy or you know, any, any, pretty much any of the stuff that you just said, like, I'm not really big into it, but I see where it could be, you know, beneficial for, for people if they know what they're doing. So. Right. Well, I mean, but, but your, your specialty is, you know, the SEO, right. The social, the marketing and all that stuff. And that's, those are high income skills. And I'm sure that your, your, your agency is doing pretty well. I, I presume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're here now, right. So, I mean, that's stuff that I would like to even learn more about um, because that just helps me, you know, leverage my kind of my personal brand. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to whatever money that would come through that, you know, I can pedal towards investments because I think I think probably one of the differences between me and other pages, or if not most, is that again I'm like a hybrid entrepreneur. Like I'm talking about um, doing entrepreneurial things, but I'm more catered towards like the everyday people that want to achieve financial freedom. Um, and they don't necessarily have to do that through entrepreneurship. In fact, I would suggest, you know, the, the easiest route would actually probably be uh, not entrepreneurship. And that's the guy on the street right there. But it just depends on the lifestyle you want to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends. Like for me, it's more like, uh, like what I tell people, you know, I'm, I'm more of the service-based business guy and I'm going to create some type of training around that. That's what I'm going to focus on uh, just because I'm not trying to make a bunch of other social media marketing agencies like me when that's not what they're supposed to be doing. You know, that's not what they're passionate about. So I'm going to start a service-based business kind of training thing. But for me, it's like get a job, then do your service or freelancing on the side. You know what I mean? And kind of just like, that's like my whole thing until you make enough money in your service business or freelancing thing to quit your job. You know, pretty simple stuff. Perfect. Do um, you have another job or is this your, this is your full-time gig? Nope. Full-time entrepreneur. Oh, that's awesome. That's so sick. How old are you, Eric? Uh, 22. Wow. When'd you start this? Uh, not that long ago. I mean, I was telling Justin on our first episode we did or last time. Um, so I've been really doing digital marketing online media for like nine years. So like, I'm pretty familiar with all the stuff. Um, but I didn't technically start the business until, uh, late 2017. Wow, man. That's fantastic. That's fantastic, and you have a you. and you have a pretty pretty in depth client client list. You're doing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the funny thing is like a bunch of people in the SMMA whatever space always say you need to niche down and only pick one type of client. Like I only help chiropractors or whatever, and I think that's oh, so stupid. That's so boring. That's so boring. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty diversified <laughs> with the people, like kind of weirdly diversified, like completely <laughs> different industries. So. But, but that's I mean, awesome. That's awesome because when one, perhaps when one does, or doesn't do as well, the other is doing well, right? It's yeah. a lot of like stocks you're diversifying, right? Mm-hmm. You're, diversifying, you're diversifying your reach and that's awesome, dude. I mean, that sounds pretty sick. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the, the other mistake people make is they go for like low ticket clients. Like 
It's just you you should like unless like you just got started like yesterday, you shouldn't be going for clients that either can't afford it or don't have a big budget. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just not worth the time. Like the I only usually work with clients that are making uh let's see. All my clients make over $250,000 a year. I know minimum. And that's like my guess estimate. Like I, it could be probably more than that, but like no, they make no less than 200 or their business makes no less than $250,000 a year. And this is, we're talking revenue. We're not talking net income. Uh, probably net income, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Net income um, as in like profit, like the final profit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing it's probably around there. Um, I, I mean, I'll just say revenue just to be safe, but like, when I think, cause it's also, it's service businesses. You know what I mean? I also work with service and then I guess they have products and stuff like that too. But, um, yeah, I mean, right. and do you, and do you I would, calculate your rates based on like a percentage of sales. No, I don't do any revenue share as of right now, just because that's kind of complicated for me, uh, to, to do in the way of like agreements and all that type of stuff. So I don't have the knowledge to do that yet, but probably in the next like two to three years, I'll figure out some type of structure for that where I can do that. But, um, yeah, as of right now, I just do a flat monthly retainer just to make it simple and everyone loves it. So, and does this, does this price vary based off the size of the business or is it, is it same all the way around, even if they make 250 or a million dollars? It always varies per business. Um, because yeah, it's value-based pricing. So I'm not going to charge someone the same amount of money if I need to do more work to get them a client, first of all. And then also, um, yeah, if each of their product, like, I have a, you know, I put it on my Instagram a while ago. One of my clients, uh, when they sell a customer, they can make anywhere from, you know, 250,000 to $20 million a year off of one of their clients. <laughs> so to me, I'm like, yeah, it's like a pretty large company and I haven't, I have a non-disclosure with them. So I'm not allowed to talk about who they are or what they do or anything like that, but oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Don't, don't please. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're very high ticket items. I will say to big corporations. I'm assuming capital equipment. Uh, yeah. 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 You don't have to go in depth. That's just a pure guess. You're not saying anything, but yeah. Um, I, yeah, I did want to are... ask now, can you, can you kind of give us an in-depth of like the actual type of pricing you do, or is that something that you keep in, you know, kind of, kind of private? Yeah, it's always private because I mean, I have a thing in my agreement that clients aren't allowed to talk about how much, uh, you know, my service fees are and stuff like that. Clients aren't. I am. I can say whatever I want. I just keep, I like to keep it private <laughs> though because like, you know, it, it, it really depends on the business and, um, you know, like I said, how much work I'm going to do and stuff. Cause like, that's the thing. If I say a price, then everyone's going to think it's that price yeah. for everyone. So I'm yeah, like, opens oh. a can of worms. You don't want to do that. Yeah. But, um, so I don't know. I think service businesses are just like amazing. I don't believe in product businesses at all um, anymore just because of the Amazons and the Walmarts and stuff like that in the world. Um, if you have a unique product that's completely different than everything else, then yeah, for sure. But like when everybody and their mother is starting a Shopify store uh, <laughs> with drop shipping, you know, I think that's shirt. where you need to niche down. Yeah. That, I mean that like you can have a successful business at that if you only sell cat mugs or something yeah. like that, but uh, cause you're, you know, super targeted, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, you're making like 10 to 15% margins at the end of the day. Like what's yeah. the point, you know the what I mean? The problem with dropshipping is one of the problems is, is that you have to compete on price and you never want to compete on price because that is an endless abyss of hell. Exactly. Take it to Walmart, <laughs> for example, who makes 500 billion, 500 billion a year in revenue. And their profit margins, their net income margins are two to three percent. Two to three percent. 
Go Walmart. <laughs> well, that's funny. I had them on my post today, but because they're a good mm-hmm. dividend stock. But, um, but yeah, like you never want to compete on price in that room. And then, so that's that's awesome that you keep that your pricing kind of like you know you you have them sign an NDA so they can't disclose that, um, and and that it varies based on basically the size of the business. Because yeah, because why would a business that's making a million a year pay you say a thousand a month if they could, um, if you're bringing that much value like. You're definitely worth, you know, a few thousand, if not five thousand a month, whatever they decide to pay you. Um, but yeah, um, I was also going to say, um, I know a lot of drop shippers that are awesome at what they do and they're very smart uh, and they make a lot of money. So definitely not digging the e-commerce realm um, because e-com is still lucrative and you can still do really well, but it takes time and it takes expertise. And I think. Um, give a little shout out to Ecom Wolf, um, who is a, a good friend of mine, John Tra, and I think that's how you say his last name, but John, he is an excellent dropshipper, and he, he has a ton of community members, and he does it well, but from my experience, and I'm totally, and I had no problem saying this, I tried dropshipping, and I sucked at it, oh, I, yeah. I failed miserably, yeah. uh, and that's because I went in, I went in I dumb as hell, I went in naive, I didn't know what I was doing. I just decided to do it. But man, what a learning experience that was! Fantastic learning experience. Yeah, I think all I, all that I learned from drop shipping was, don't do it. <laughs> like that was my. I'm life. not. I, I'm not ruling it out ever. But I'm just saying, like it's it's probably won't be in my near future. Yeah. Um, I think I've really- I think I've ruled uh, drop shipping out forever. Maybe not e-commerce, but if I ever am to get into yeah, and it's good. Yeah, you're right. It's good to differentiate straight e-com. My advice for people to do drop shipping is just like almost a hundred percent to the T model movement watches. Like they are, they did it correct. Where they did drop shipping. Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 like that's the funny thing. People think that they always made their own custom watches. They started out as a little drop shipping thing of like these little crappy watches. And then after that, they ended up like getting higher quality watches and then like upping their pricing and just doing all this type of stuff and building a brand. Now they have their own custom watches built by whoever, some manufacturer. And, uh, you know, like that, I think movement is one of the the best companies to look for and model if you're going to do drop shipping because everybody, like I, uh, I consulted with a guy a few weeks ago and about a month ago where he's, he has a shop, you know, Shopify store. It's really small or whatever. But, um, I was like, you know, what makes you different and stuff? And he, he didn't really necessarily have an answer. It was kind of just like what the brand means to people and stuff. And I'm like, okay, great. But like, you can say that, but like, you have to show that like the brand doesn't show that it's different, you know, in any way. So it was kind of a tough conversation, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where that goes with him. But, uh, yeah, I think Shopify or, you know, product businesses are just kind of going, going down because like, it, like I said, Amazon is just there. So it's like, yeah. how are you going to compete? Yeah, that was also, my, my realization with drop shipping was just, I'm never going to compete with these prices for two day shipping, for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's the big, the biggest issue I think there is with drop shipping is the like 30 day shipping weight and stuff like that. It's like, why would anybody do that now? And yeah. I mean, Wish is killing it. Wish is doing it. And yeah, like I've I've heard about that, and like it's, Wish is kind of interesting. It's kind of like it it's is. like uh, it's like Amazon, but it's like super cheap Not. products or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I have uh, I don't know if they're on me right now. I got 
I got like knockoff AirPods from Wish and they work well. They sound good. They're not that bad. They're from China. They're, you know, every epitome of a terrible product, but I'm okay with them. Everybody that sees me with them thinks that I have AirPods in and they think that I've, you know, like money just like flowing out my ass because of it. And I tell them, no, I, I don't even remember what these are called. They're black. I went on Wish. I got them for eight bucks, and now they're here. And yeah, and Wish makes. I think they're already like a billion dollar company, they are. like at least mm-hmm. valued at or something like that. But the thing about them is, like, I don't know how. Like Amazon and Wish, I think won't ever compete with each other necessarily, unless Wish steps their game up. Because Amazon, you can get high quality products on there. You know what I mean? On yes. Wish, it's kind of a bunch of garbage. Um, even though like, it's probably not the worst thing ever. It's like, you know, like people know that it's not the best quality. Well, not everything needs to be high quality either. And that's kind of where I stand with it. And when I get stuff from wish, it's like, I don't need $300 headphones. I can deal with anything that the sound comes out of, you know, as long as it connects to my phone, I'm okay. So that's why I don't get when people are so picky about the quality of their, like their belt and their their headphones and their like necklace, you know, jewelry, stuff like that. It's like, get the fuck over it. <laughs> like, honestly, just, I, I'd rather pay eight bucks for headphones that work than 200 for headphones that work and have a reputation for doing so. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, that's my, that's my two cents. But I get a lot of stuff like that too. I get a lot of stuff cheap. I don't know how I've just kind of always had a knack for it. It probably helps that. I grew up with like no money, but, um, you know, I have a, I have a piano. Hunter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I'm, I can, I can do it. It's kind of in my blood a little bit. Uh, my favorite one I think ever still is that I've had a piano sitting in my kitchen at my, you know, my actual house forever. That's a, it's a decent piano. It's an upright uh, kind of box bar style piano. And we got that and we just kind of like, it was like an impulse buy, which is weird for a piano. But, um, but, but like when I was in like eighth or ninth grade, I just, I used to play piano when I was really young and I hated it. Then when I was in eighth or ninth grade, I started getting really into music again and wanted a piano to like practice on. I said, dad, we need to find a piano. And like two days we found this piano. Uh, we paid 25 bucks for it. Um, at, uh, like I'm moving out to like a couple of guys, local guys that are missionaries. They moved down to somewhere in South America for you know, for eternity, they just needed to clear everything out of their house. And yeah, so that's my, my $25 piano. Got like, I've got a bunch of instruments that I've done that with mm-hmm. and a whole slew of other things, but a lot of instruments that I've done that with. Yeah. I mean, you're going to hate me for this, but I am that person that likes quality stuff, but it's like, I don't hate it for it. It's just like technology. It has to be quality. Like I, like oh, yeah. it has to be clothes. I go to H and M. I don't care. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Which H&M does have quality stuff for a pretty good price. That's kind of like, that's pretty much the only place that I shop at um, for clothes. But yeah, I mean, I'm also the person that doesn't buy a lot of stuff. So like I can afford to pay, like I, yeah, I mean, there's nothing in my, my area here. Like I, I don't have yeah. anything. I have a laptop. I have a desktop with a monitor and a table and like, that's it. Like I, you know, like yeah. I don't really care about buying a ton of stuff. Um, but speaking of the $300 headphones, Justin, <laughs> got the bows those things are really nice though no they are my friend they might be the same ones i have like one friend at college 
he's rich, he lives upstairs, and I think he has the same, probably the same headphones. They're like those noise-canceling ones, which probably all Bose headphones are, but no, they're super mm-hmm. nice. I would definitely, I would consider getting I went in to buy those, and the guy was like hard-selling me on them, like so hard. I was like, bro, I already came in here knowing what I wanted. Like, <laughs> yeah, you to, like, you're wanting them. <laughs> like, you don't, I already did my research, you ain't got to do nothing, which that is another thing, so... I came up with this idea the other day that I want to do an ethical sales course or some type of training. You know what I mean? And maybe it's not even a course. Maybe it's just free videos or whatever. I don't know. But like, I think a lot of people have a bad connotation with, with selling and sales. And it's like, everybody needs to sell. If you're an entrepreneur or have a business, you need to sell someone on something. So I think I want to make something around ethical sales because yeah, like I said, people think sales is like just bad and like you're, you know, not doing stuff with integrity and stuff. And I just am tired of hearing about that. Um, It's getting better uh, because of the internet and like people understanding, uh, like watching training and stuff like that on how to do sales the right way. But came with that the other day and I was like, that'd probably be a pretty good program. Cause so one thing I also do is I uh, I'm plant like once I get to a thousand subscribers, I want to start building training programs and stuff like that, or some type of kind of like take my personal brand to the next level. And then when I talk to my clients, I'm obviously doing marketing, but when you do marketing, you have to make sure that when they call the office or call your client or whatever, they have to be able to sell them and like close them. So I think I'm going to sell my training programs to my clients as well, which is going to be kind of funny um, if they need sales training help and stuff. But a lot uh, of what Rick Cardone did. Yeah. Because he started out in sales. He wasn't in real estate. He, uh, He had a sales group called... Cardone Technology Group, or he still does anyways, but he, he was all about sales and sales psychology and all that stuff. And so he wasn't even in real estate until his like thirties, I think. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean, I feel like just everyone knows, needs to know how to do it. And then also I'm going to make a prediction that Justin Phillips is going to be the chief financial officer of wish <laughs> in <laughs> yes. five to 10 years. It's going to happen. I just got a notification from them. I'm on, I'm on there right now. Look at these. Look oh at these nice. God. Look at these nice pink rollerblades. I could buy twenty six dollars. <laughs> normally seventy. Look at Wait. that. <laughs> the AirPod, the fake AirPods, are eight dollars, but the crappy rollerblades. <laughs> what are you doing? But um, it's ridiculous. No, I don't know what this this advertises. What is this? I don't know what's going on on here right now. Wish is a good example of Facebook ads, though. They put, like, all their money into Facebook ads. They do. They do. Wish is really interesting once you get into it, though. Just kind of how they structure everything to make the prices as low as possible. And you can find some weird shit on here. I think that helps them, actually. Because, like, if I were to go to buy, like, prop money, I could advertise prop money all the time because they know that I don't actually have any money. But I like to act like I do so I could, like, put stacks of money on my shoulders when I start doing these podcasts and stuff. But yo, here's a pretty look at this. Pretty nice laser for like nine bucks. <laughs> oh wow. But um yeah. They've got I don't know. There's some more roller skates. Yeah. That's Justin, the- I think you need to stop having me on because then what happens is like we talk about like forty different things instead of like two things and then like right. you don't know what the title of the podcast anymore. <laughs> I know. That's why you just got to stick with interview with and then fill in the blank. <laughs> part, part two. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we talked about a bunch of stuff, but is there anything else you guys want to add or talk about that we haven't talked about already? 
I don't think there is specifically. For your 100th episode. Yes, this is the 100th episode. Well, Noah, you're still there. I keep kind of forgetting you, too. Here. <laughs> I keep forgetting on it. Noah. What's up? I'm still here. It's been, it's been pretty real. I think we probably should wrap this up. Technically, I have a class to go to, but at this point, I don't think I'm going to go. And, um, yeah, Noah's up there with his hair still holding on to that. I was going to ask you about that when you were doing your uh, – your little 10-year plan, we'll call it in air quotes. Keep my hair. Yeah, I was going to say. when you, you, I forget what you said. You wanted to have some certain amount of something by 30, and I was uh, thinking you should also throw in a goal to still have like half an inch of hair by 30. <laughs> I thought that might be in there. But, yeah, that's um, exactly right, man. Because that's, that's the running joke with you now. So there's that. It's okay, man. That's cool. Eric's hair is doing okay. My hair is doing pretty pretty fine. But um, well, Eric, you have hair. Yeah. Yeah, now he's bald. <laughs> well, I can't see him, and like, I, it didn't look like it earlier. <laughs> I'm gonna, he's, he's not bald, but uh, he's... I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, the way know, he puts my, uh, it, I'm, I'm taking this right out of his mouth. Not, not to just pick on, you know, I feel like you're not that sensitive of a guy, so I'm going to do this. But uh, no. he, he's early He's early Elon Musk is the way that he puts it. Absolutely. Like early 90s Elon Musk. And, and you know that. what? I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, just do what Elon did and get like the transplants or whatever, and like it's completely legitimate and like real hair. Like it just is that what he did? Why yeah. do you know that? He got tra- he got <laughs> transplants for hair. How else would he go from bald to <laughs> like? Oh my lord! I was wondering how he went back. I was like, wow, he must not be stressed out anymore. He actually just had a bald cap on in order. No, to bro. When you get like ripped it off. When you go bald, like it's not like your stress goes down and then your hair just comes back. That's not how that works. It's not like a Play-Doh thing or whatever. Uh, no, he got hair. I mean, I don't. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if he actually did, but that's the only way. Logical explanation. How the hell does that work? Uh, dude, just look it up. Tory Lanez is also a rapper that did it. Uh, I don't know if you listen, listen to rap at all, but like he did it. Imagine, um, imagine the Facebook ads you're going to be seeing after you start looking up hair transplant. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, uh, it just revitalizes the follicles or the proteins on your scalp, something like that. I don't even know. And uh, it makes your hair grow naturally again. But it's not like, it's not like someone staples hair to your head. Like it's like, <laughs> like it actually uh, does something to your scalp to make it naturally grow hair again. That is so wild, man. Bossily. Oh. And it's not that expensive. Like by the time, you know, like if, if you're feeling that your, your hairline is receding a little bit more than you like it, then just, uh, I think, I, I feel like. See, 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 now we have a title for the episode. It's going to be pro hair tips with Eric Rebell. <laughs> <laughs> you could always go Bezos status and just like, yeah. you know. Dude, bald guys do pretty well. I mean, you got Dwayne Johnson, you got Jeff Bezos, you got early Elon Musk. You've got uh, well, early Elon Musk was not doing very well, but uh, well, no. I, I mean, I'd say you know he got there. I mean, I guess you could also now with what you're saying, you could argue that Elon Musk genetically is bald. <laughs> like, he I mean, why doesn't support. Elon Musk have a personal brand YouTube channel? Like, I would watch that every day. It would be so cool. I just don't. He's talk that. about the weirdest shit, dude. But man, it'd be awesome. It'd be similar to Joe Rogan. It would be Joe Rogan's bald. See, <laughs> but what's what like all the people like you usually need to have like some muscle, like you know, what I mean, like work out That's a lot, true. And, then, and then it looks good. It's like you're like skinny and bald. Like, I'm I'm pretty, 
pretty lean, <laughs> you know what I mean, or whatever. So yeah. like, I don't think it would look good on me. Yeah, but, very, uh, very tiny uh, person. But um, yeah, you've got a point there, which is kind of ironic too, because I don't know. We're going to have like a whole other episode. Guys, I'm inviting both of these guys back to talk like male biology someday. And uh, <laughs> but like, <laughs> Okay, I don't want to talk about all male biology. I want to stay away from that. Not male anatomy. <laughs> That's different. Oh, okay. But, um, but, okay, so. Did um, we single-handedly just ruin this episode too? <laughs> might have, might have, you know, like testosterone starts jacking up. Wouldn't that make you, doesn't that help your hair? So, like, when yeah, you have these yeah. guys in the gym that are, like, burly and they, like, take supplements and, blah, 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 and like... those guys take steroids and then that, like... I mean, yeah, that, that's a part yeah. of it. But, like, why do they start losing their hair? Do they lose their hair first, then get jacked? Or do they get jacked and then lose their hair? <laughs> those are the questions <laughs> that, are in the universe that we, we, need to, we need to consult Elon Seriously. Musk on, uh, on solving that problem. I've also... The other question that is extremely important to me probably not you guys so much, but the, the inner music nerd in me is whether or not having a beard makes your voice lower. No, testosterone makes your voice lower. Exactly. But I still think there are ties there. I know it's testosterone. Maybe it's like, perceived as lower. <laughs> it might be. It might be. And maybe the placebo effect kicks in. And if you think your own voice is lower, you start talking lower. Probably. Well, it's more about just talking with your diaphragm rather than like, they, you know, if you take singing lessons, which I did for like a short, very short period of time, they talk to you about like your head voice, chest mm -hmm. voice and like uh, diaphragm or like lower, whatever. Yeah. So you got to talk with like the lower rather than like up. Right. Well, obviously you don't, you know, if you're a guy, you don't want to talk in your falsetto unless you want to be the next Mickey Mouse. You know, I, I've talked about doing that too. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever checked it out or anybody that's listening to this has, has ever checked it out. Me and my friend Gerard have another podcast and that's moving to this channel now. So it's just going to be JRP daily on Sundays. It's going to be like a Sunday fun day. We'll come up with a topic to talk about. And we've talked about doing just an entire episode in our falsetto for no evident reason, just, just to do it. And just to yeah, talk the whole time like this. And, be like, ah. <laughs> and you know, but um, okay. I think we've, effectively like completely derail now so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of slow things down and uh come back noah do you have any final words to say to people oh i do not i just think uh keep pursuing financial freedom and that social media itself is is a means to an end that it can leverage your personal brand it can leverage your 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 path to financial freedom um, uh, just a funny short uh, story I'll share real quick is I was actually pulling away from social media real, real fast when, um, when I decided to just launch this page and then it's kind of bolstered up again. Um, but I think a lot of people feel like they need to be on social media. That's not really the case. It's an addiction. You know? A lot of people have yeah. addiction. Yeah, it's an addiction. And you don't necessarily need to be on social media to be successful or to make a lot of money. In fact, what I mean, there's many thousands of millionaires before social media. So how did they do it? Well, through real estate, through leveraging their career and building businesses, actual businesses and stuff like that. But now you have more options because you can do e-com, you can do social media branding, you can do all that. So Well, I think people need to be on social media now because that's where the attention is. But the thing is, no one is using it right. Like I don't follow anyone on social media. It depends on what you do. You know? That's like, it's just like, there's no, like, I think of it like this. People are posting on social media and ultimately think that everyone else cares about all their opinions, which no one really cares about, <laughs> you know, like and it, it, everybody's concerned with themselves rather than everybody else. So it's like, no one really 
enjoys like all your opinions that you post on social media. And then also um, following everybody. It's like people's lives really aren't that interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for most people. Yeah. So it's or just kind of like, I, I just unfollowed everybody and I was like, there's no reason for me to keep looking at everything. Like I'm just going to do me, you know, just live my life. Exactly. And that's what stops a lot of people is they start comparing themselves to others. That's why I had to. I was I was comparing myself to people that were having the time of their lives, it seems like, on Instagram, like, 24-7. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I don't care about looking at this. Like, I just, you know, it's not my life. So, it's uh, just it's just better. It, you need to be on social media, but, like, focus on only being on there to, like, actually produce something rather than consume. I do like, I do like the whole Gary Vee mindset of document everything, kind of, but... I think where a lot of people go wrong with that, because like you said, a lot of people's lives are just boring and they don't realize it, but I don't, I think people's lives are fairly interesting, but the way that Gary Vee documents everything is that he has someone follow him around with a camera and lives his life the way he would if the camera wasn't there. You know, a lot of people that start trying to document everything are like affecting the way that they live their life in order to document it. Because there's nothing I hate more than going on Snapchat and seeing 17 people post a video of the same concert that I didn't go to for a reason. You know, it's like, I don't want to see this. And now you're wasting your time trying to take videos of it. And instead of just, just living it, just being at the concert, experiencing it, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs and doing what makes it fun. So uh, that's my two cents on that. Now, if you want to, if you want to hire someone to follow you with a camera to the concert, be my guest. That would actually be more interesting because you would just see how the person's like actually living their life. Guys, we're going to wrap this up. This was Noah up there. You can follow him on Instagram at finance and freedom. Uh, Eric's over there. I don't know why I'm pointing. I just said this was going to be audio only, but Eric is on one end of the mic too. Um, follow him on, subscribe to him on YouTube, um, youtube.com slash Eric Rebello. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram, which is at Eric J Rebello. And uh, until then guys. Thanks for listening to JRP Daily. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review so we can continue to come out with new episodes every day.